morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. I'm so glad to have you along today and so excited about the things we're discussing from the Word of God. We get here every day, we talk about the Word of God, we pray over it, we like to make it very practical, and I think today's message, I hope, will be because I'd like to talk about a phenomenon going on in our culture right now, in our country, and probably in other parts of the world, calling it the Great Resignation. People are changing jobs in an unprecedented way. The millions, tens of millions, have left their jobs, have want to leave their jobs, are reconsidering as a result of this pandemic. In the last two years, and particularly in the year 2021, people are reevaluating. We've been kind of faced with the idea of death a lot. People are wondering what's important to them, reevaluating what's important to them, what they want to do with their life. A lot of them have gone from the workplace to now working at home. That's been part of, what, part of uh, what's changed things. People have liked the changes, don't want to necessarily go back to the office or back into the service industry. Of course, some people, it's been because they're fearful of getting the, the COVID, and so they want to stay away from home. A lot of them have seen what their children are learning in school because of the virtual education. And as I understand it, the homeschooling movement has just blossomed, exploded as a result of parents being alarmed at what their children are learning in school. And by the way, if you're a homeschooling parent, my hat's off to you. That's what we did with our kids, and we're so glad we did. And, and uh, you ought to really consider that as my advice. But that's not my topic here today. <clears throat> my topic is, do you need a new calling in life? And a lot of people are feeling a need for that. And they're making major changes. And how does this relate to us or people we know and love, maybe, maybe even friends of yours, children of yours, and so forth? Should you make major changes in life? I'd like to read uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 7 as we're talking about our calling in life. And hopefully this great resignation they're calling it, and, of course, there's also the great reset that the world economic folks are talking about. Is there a need for a reset in your life? A need for a fresh understanding of God's call in your life? A need to discover it, maybe a fresh start in your life? Well, we've talked about this the last few days and our gifting, talked about gifting last week, and I certainly hope this has stimulated you to want to make your life count, and to want to give yourself and focus more fully on the areas where God has gifted you and called you and enabled you to have the greatest impact in serving other people and in building His kingdom. And if, that, if God's challenged you along that, way, along that line, wonderful. But I want to maybe share... Uh, aspect today that we all should be aware of, and that is what I would call the grass is greener syndrome. I, I didn't make up that term, of course. Others have talked about it, and you've maybe seen it. If you've ever driven through the country, sometimes you see like a cow or some farm animal that grazes, and it's got this big pasture with plenty of grass behind it, and there's this fence here. And what's the thing doing? It's eating, it's, it's eating the grass on the other side of the fence, almost as if 
you got this big pasture right in front of you. Why do you have to try and strain and, and go to what's forbidden or think that the other side of the fence, the grass is greener, the grass is better? It's easy for us to think that way, isn't it? To think, if only my circumstances changed, oh, then I could be fruitful for God. If only I was in a different situation, then my life could, could count, be happy, be significant, make a difference. I want to talk about maybe God will lead you and maybe God is calling some of us to make some important changes in life. But be careful with the grass is greener syndrome to think if only my circumstances were different, then I could be used by God. Let's read from 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And he talks about two types of changes. Verse 17, only as the Lord has assigned to each one, as God has called each, in this manner let him walk. And so I direct in all the churches. Interesting. Where you are, as God has assigned, as God has called you, walk in that manner. And then he gets to talking about here Judaism versus the Gentiles, circumcision, uncircumcision. And he's discussing, should you change? Was any man called while he was already circumcised? He's not to become uncircumcised. I don't know how that could happen, to be honest. Maybe there's a way. Maybe he's talking about you leave Judaism is what he's basically saying. You'd leave that culture. Has anyone been called in uncircumcision? He's not to be circumcised. Circumcision's nothing. Non-circumcision's nothing. But what matters is keeping the commandments of God. Wow. What a statement. It doesn't matter so much, I think he says, that this culture you're in. Are you living in the Jewish culture? Are you living in the Gentile culture? What matters is that you're keeping the commandments of God. The Christian faith can be lived in, in any setting, as long as it's not wicked or sinful, of course. It can be lived anywhere. You can live the, the Christian life in, in any kind of culture, any kind of government, any kind of background. What matters is that where you're at, you keep the commandments of God. That's what matters. And that's what we need to focus on. In fact, in my mind, I often think, like I've said before, the serenity prayer that, that uh, Father, give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So often, we can be bothered by things that are outside of our control that we lose sight of what matters is them I keeping the commandments of God. That's what matters. Verse 20, each man must remain in the condition in which he was called. But then he says something different, verse 21. See, it's apparently different. Were you called while a slave? Don't worry about it. But if you're able to become free, rather do that. So what's the difference here? He says if you're in the circumcision, other than Judaism, or you're not in the circumcision, Gentile, don't worry about it. Serve God there. Be faithful there. Keep the commandments of God there. But if you're a slave, then he says, don't worry about that either. A slave is your occupation, what you're doing in life. Your, your, shall we say, our modern day, we might say our work. Or we might say a slave might relate to our occupation, our vocation. Of course, it could also relate to our financial situation. We have a slave to debt or things of this nature. 
the, the first thing he says, if you are, don't worry about it. Because again, you can serve God in any circumstance, in any situation. If you've got a job that's very demanding, you can't get out of it. Don't worry about it. Serve God there. On the other hand, he says, if you are able to become free, do it. That would be better, but it's not necessary. That would be better, but it's not necessary. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freedman. Likewise, he who is called while freed is Christ's slave. You are bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. Brethren, each one is to remain with God in that condition in which he was called. So it's quite interesting, this concept. What's he saying? Don't, don't think that just changing your circumstances is all you need to do in life. Start by being faithful where you're at. Serve God where you're at. Honor God where you're at. What matters is not your circumstances as much as what matters is keeping the commandments of God wherever you find yourself. Paul found himself in prison. He, some of these letters were written from prison. And he obeyed the commandments of God while in prison. And he was being what he was able to glorify God, even though his circumstances were terrible. His condition was terrible. I'm sure he would say, if you're able to get out of jail, get out. But if you're in prison, you can serve God even there. If you're, if you're a slave, you're able to get out, get out. But if you can't, you can serve God there. Wherever you are, what matters is the keeping the commandments of God. Now, so don't change your culture. You don't need to change your culture. You don't need to. Probably God wants you to bloom where you're at. He's planted you somewhere, and he wants the kingdom of God to go everywhere. He wants the gospel to go everywhere. So where you're at, God wants to use you. God wants to strengthen you, bless you. He wants you to be a blessing to others. Be faithful there. If your circumstance is a difficult one, trust God. Be faithful in it. But if he's able to change it, if you're able to change it, change it to be at a place of more effectiveness. But make sure you don't leave behind a situation where God has planted you to bear fruit for his kingdom and glory. Beware of the grass is greener syndrome. Beware of the idea that if I just change my circumstances, everything will be better. Let's be honest. You change your circumstances, but you, you still are there. And sometimes what God is doing is he's refining us, transforming us, conforming us to the image of Christ. And the issue is not the circumstance. The issue is what he's doing in us and how we need to grow. As we've had this great resignation, the great reset, the great rethinking. And as Christians, you know, how's this affecting all of us? I do appreciate so many of us have had the opportunity to step back out of the rat race, the grind, the, the, the daily pressure of life, and to look at the bigger picture. And might I suggest that with some of us so we are, you know, we cha maybe changing seasons of life. I know with myself, I, th I think of like four seasons of life or four quarters of life. And during this time, I've kind of been entering into my fourth quarter. And that's, that's often a time you, you reevaluate what are you going to do with in, in each quarter of life? What will your priorities be? 
with many people, many of us maybe, your finances have enabled you in, in light of it this time. It's accelerated changes. Maybe some of it's moved you towards a retirement, and you're asking, uh, what do you really want to do with, the, with this fourth quarter of your life? Are there dreams, visions, hopes, callings that you've had that maybe just time didn't allow them? The pressures of life, the requirements of your job just didn't allow you to pursue some of those things. But there's been that, uh, deep down, there's been that desire, that dream, and you can't deny it. And maybe now is the time that God is going to allow that hope and dream to be birthed. Maybe there's responsibilities with your family. And like I said with the homeschool moms and dads, that maybe or maybe even at, at the stage four of life or fourth quarter of life, you've realized time is short. We're talking about death every day on the news with this COVID stuff. And maybe you're realizing in your life, uh, what legacy do you want to leave behind with your own offspring? There may be some deep questions that you've been asking. I want to encourage those. I want to discourage the idea to think that if you change circumstances, everything will be better if, if you haven't changed. That's where God's focusing on you. But if God is giving you a fresh calling or open your eyes or saying, now's the time. Now's the time to step into fresh ministry. Now's the time to do some things with my family I never did. Now's the time to serve in ways I never did. Now, now is the time that I encourage you, take it. Take it. If you're able, take it. Maybe God is giving you a new fresh vision. Maybe he's going to birth a vision that was there long in the past, but has been dormant. Maybe that's the case. All right? Father, we do pray today for the courage to be the people you call us to be. I want to give thanks for my life and the life of everyone here. You're the sovereign God. You guide us. You, you lead us. You, you work all things together for good. Father, I think of how in Scripture you often gave a dream or vision or promise to someone, and it was a long time. It lay dormant for years before you brought it to pass. I think of Joseph. I think of Abraham. Lord, I think of Moses. I think of so many people. And maybe that's true of some who are here today, that you've given some vision, hope, calling, and you've been preparing us, and we've been faithful in our life responsibility and the stage of life we're in. But Lord, maybe today, maybe now, we're in a place where you're birthing fresh new things and giving us new opportunities and new, new um, uh, periods, of new, new, new time a fresh start, a new calling. Lord, help us to be careful not to think that just changing a circumstance will change who we are because, Lord, we will bring ourselves with us. Help us to be open to all you're doing, but help us also to be courageous and to summon the courage in these days to maybe not have a new calling, but to embrace the one you've given us to be faithful with where you've given us. If we've been distracted, if we've been off course, if we've been involved in a situation where we lost sight that what matters is the keeping of the commandments of God. Help us, Lord, wherever you've planted us and with whomever you've planted us to be the bright shining light, to be faithful to our calling, to serve you as we ought, and to serve others. 
We pray that you would help us to wrestle with these truths and truly to wrestle with them, Lord, because we mean business with you. We only have one life. We can't, we can't be keeping starting over again and again and again. We only have one time and only one life. It will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. We want to live for you and our lives to truly count. So guide us. Help us to follow step by step. Help us to be listening as Samuel did. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And help us to follow wherever you lead. And Father, we pray wherever you're leading us, whether it's maybe an involvement with their own family that we've neglected, maybe involvement in a, in a new mini, a ministry that we've neglected, maybe a mission that we've not answered yet or not been able to answer, whatever it may be, whatever it may be, I pray, Father, that you would help us to courageously follow and make our lives truly count for you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And amen. God bless you. Thanks for being with me today. Say, if you're new today, thanks so much for being, uh, being along. I hope you come back every day. I say it, and I want to remind you, I really believe this. There's value in getting in the Word of God every day. It's being inspired by it, edified by it, challenged by it. So if you're new here, and you've not been here before, or you're not a regular, please subscribe, hit the notify button, come back each day. You join me every, join us every day for, for the next few months, and I guarantee you develop a habit of coming here. And it's a commitment; it's not easy, but you come here regularly and listen, and 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 trust God to open your heart, and He'll be changing you. His Word does that. We need to be in the Word of God every day. If you're having trouble doing it on your own, having a meaningful time in the Word of God every day, then make sure you join us and take advantage of this opportunity. Okay. God bless you. Love you guys. Thank you so much. And we'll see you tomorrow morning. Be here every day, 8.30 a.m. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.